money. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Yes, thank you for joining the ESBC podcast. Well, the purpose of each podcast is to make money. So who the hell am I and why should you listen to anything I have to say? I have an MBA, securities license. I have clients net worth $50 million for years. I have one client who's like Don Benson that will introduce you is a deficit hawk. It's like Josh. I don't care about making money. I, I don't need to make money. Just make sure I don't pay one extra penny to the government. My other client is totally different. But analogous to our podcast, Sport Betting Podcast, is that I use business and financial concepts in the same way I pick a stock for a client or evaluate a business. It's the same way we pick a football game. So every single podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is to get as much information possible because the person with the best information wins. And the outcome has been the three years we've had the podcast, we've been 65, 64, and last year 60. To live in Vegas as a professional better, you have to hit 59%. So we're hitting higher. I can't charge for the picks. So we're getting you better information, more information than you can get anywhere else. And you learn business, basic business financial concepts. So the outcome last year was $71,000 college football, over hundred grand NFL, and we're looking to do it over again. So one business concept that we're big on is if you are the toughest and smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. The other business concept, I'm on the board of the Orange County Diversity uh, Council, and people get diversity wrong. They think it's gender. They think it's race. They think it's religion. They think it's disability. No, it's really what's been in business forever, being pragmatic. And if you have an engineering team of 11 white guys, and you have an engineering team of 11 white guys and one black lesbian, the one with a black lesbian is going to win because of just a little bit of diversity and the fact that they accepted her onto the team. So this podcast, we got everybody that's going to come on. Don Benson, smarter and tougher than I am. Jim, Jim Powers, smarter and tougher than I am. Chad, smarter and tougher than I am, but he's also younger. So we have age diversity on the podcast. And then when Scott comes from the Northeast, Scott last year, he said that he never made as much money betting football as being with us in the podcast, want to duplicate that. He's from the Northeast. He's as old as I am. So we've got regional diverse. So we'll go around and uh, I'll introduce everyone. First, we'll go with uh, Don Benson. Don and I, five years ago, were fan reporters on the Mighty 1090. The, the original owner of the Mighty 1090 was uh, John Lynch's dad. We had Scott Kaplan, who was the number one show 
sports show in uh, San Diego, and I think he's in the ratings number one again over here in LA, LA ESPN. Don went to Rams, and I was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don did a great job. I remember he interviewed Jack Slater, and ever since we've connected on social media, and I finally got to meet him in person, which was awesome. Thank you, Don, for uh, joining us today, and uh, we're going to look forward to your insight on the Rams. Anything to say to introduce yourself, uh, Don? Oh, I'm sorry. You're out my cue. Um, no, I've been a Ram fan. I grew up in Anaheim. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, very, I'm probably the oldest guy here by far. Um, and before I get to that, uh, with, uh, with regards to what you said about being the biggest and the baddest guy in the room, I had a, a successful mentor some time ago. And uh, I was probably a cocky young guy, uh, uh, 22, 23. And he, and he grabbed me and he said to me, he says, Don, no matter in life how good or great you think you are, there was always somebody on the planet right. that's better. And, and I never forgot that. And so now I tend to be a little more on the humble side. You always need a little confidence, but uh, it's better to be humble than, than pretend that you're the best at anything for that matter. Uh, I grew up in Anaheim. I went to Lawara High School, played football. I was uh, not an athlete. I was small, uh, but uh, my passion for the game was unmatched, not only for football, for basketball and baseball. I played all three sports. Uh, I tried to go to junior college. I played three years at Fullerton College football. Nice. Uh, then I realized, I realized then that I, I didn't have the ability to hang with guys that were leaving D1 scholarships behind because they didn't like the school they were at and they wanted to go to Pac-12, Pac-10 schools. And here I am just trying to be the third string receiver there. But, uh, but here, it, here it is 30, 40 years later. Uh, nice. My passion for the game is, uh, hasn't diminished at all. And I'm still into the Rams and Angels and Lakers. That's awesome because, uh, you know, during that year, you made me a lot of money with Rams information. I did not have to research the Rams. So thank you then and thank you now, Don, for <laughs> making a lot of money this year. Uh, again, you know, the United States, $137 trillion market. I mean, fortunate and lucky and good that for the last 36 years of my life, I've gone to an NFL training camp to watch the uh, – well, it's in practice. And this year, not only did I get to meet Don and his beautiful family, beautiful wife, Lori, I met Jim Powers and his beautiful daughter. And man, we hit it off. We talked a lot of football. And he was a former kicker in the NFL. And we're looking forward to his knowledge in the Rams because he saw him like three times in training camp. He saw him in preseason as well. We get we get them out to the Yankees game, Yankees and the Angels. So Jim, who's starting? Who's the starting pitchers tonight? And introduce yourself real quick. Thank you. I'm looking up right now. I didn't even look early. I saw Tani's pitching on Saturday, so I don't even know. I'm going to look up. Good, very good question because I meant to look and then I needed to reach you first. So. I'll have it. Right, because when I'm pitches, I'll give you guys a small betting tip that's maybe money this year. When okay. Pitching, you think he's going to yeah. lose? Go ahead and pull the trigger and then bet the under. Under. Uh, oh really? Oh yeah, he's total. very good at keeping keeping totals. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So you make money on Otani because that's what happens if you're a fan of a team. They start losing and degenerates. Just monetizing. Yeah. The time you spent bringing that team out. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, 
I, I in the long run, I don't gamble a lot because I always lost. But you know, when I controlled the game, I uh, had better success. So I didn't mind. I didn't mind gambling on games I played in. But when I was watching them, they're harder to predict. <laughs> you, you're an ex. You're the expert at that. <laughs> right, right. So while you figure it out, we'll go with Chad. Chad is like what I call a disciple of the podcast. Listening to the podcast, asking a lot of questions. I'm like, man, we got to get you on. He's an arena league football star, averaging 26 yards a catch. Then I'm, I'm going to put that video when we post this podcast. I'll put the video of Chad this year. Uh, quarterback threw it his way, was intercepted, but Chad did not give up on the play. And there, when you see his 4 3, 4 4 speed, he comes up from behind him, forces a fumble. He almost picked up the fumble, but his team got the ball back. We're happy to have him. His brother is the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers, playing Boise State on Saturday. We'll get to that as the week goes on. Uh, Chad, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah, man. Happy to be here. Um, you know, I'm just a young buck, man. I got a lot to learn from from guys like you, man. I, I want to, you know, be in positions you guys are in in the future of my life. And, uh, yeah, made a you know, made a lot of money last year, sports betting. Um, you know, got got to meet Don and Jim at a at Rams camp this year. It was a pleasure to meet you guys in person and a uh, pleasure to see you guys again. And uh, I can't wait to hear uh, what information and uh, stuff you guys got for us. Oh, man, this is going to be awesome because I do not have to research the Rams. All right, Don. So give us your Rams report. Like you used to back in the day. I love it. Yeah, well, let me just tell you what I know. Uh, nothing is more boring to me than preseason football. And right. we, talk, we talked about that earlier. But um, the one thing that uh, I like to look at before the season starts is the, uh, the odds makers so I can uh, gear up my, my thought process. And I was kind of surprised to see that the uh, Rams are what, fifth or sixth place as far as the, the best odds to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they're at uh, 12 to 1. Ahead of them are the Bills, Bucks, Packers, and Chiefs. All of those I would agree with, but uh, the one surprise out of all of those would be the Buccaneers. So uh, maybe you can elaborate on that later. But uh, absolutely, I was a little I was a little surprised at that. Um, looking at the preseason this year, um, you and I talked about this briefly yesterday. I was surprised not that Stafford hasn't played at all, but Wolford is the designated backup, and he has played very little and. Right. As far as I can see from the box scores and from the one game I watched in its totality was uh, uh, Perkins is, is, is the guy. And uh, I took a look today at the injured reserve list for week one, and I was kind of surprised. Uh, there's four major players on the list. Stafford is listed as questionable with an elbow injury. Wow. Um, Leonard Floyd is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is questionable with sol- shoulder injury. And wide receiver, this we all knew, Van Jefferson, is questionable with a knee. If one or more of those guys don't play, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. So I was surprised at the depth of, uh, of the IR uh, going into week one. I mean, you want your guys fresh. They haven't played. They should be raring to go. And here you got four key players that are already on the IR to start the year. Um, yeah, and... What, you know, as far as you guys remember, especially Don, uh, how does McVeigh use the injury report? Because if you read that out and it was Belichick, I wouldn't trust it at all. I would say, oh, Stafford's fine. He's going to play. He just wants a strategic advantage versus the opponent. 
But it seems like McVeigh's pretty much a straight up guy. He isn't like that. His dad uh, cut Jim, right? Jim, <laughs> you remember meeting his dad? Yes, I do. McVeigh, so uh, do you think that's a legitimate report, Don, or is it more for a strategic advantage? Well, I, I think at this point, when the season's just starting, there's really no advantage to be had. So, uh, but no, I think it's a legit, but when it says questionable, I mean, how questionable is the better question? Right. Uh, you know, when, when the warmups start on what Thursday night next week, they, all of them could very well be playing without, without any issues. Right. So Don, I got a question. If, uh, if Stafford doesn't play, do you think they, they go with Waffer or do you think they go with Perkins? Well, that's a great question. In fact, uh, um, Josh and I were talking about that yesterday because mm-hmm. um, Wolford is, it hasn't played much, as we all know, right? And I think he played the end of one season a year ago when um, Jared Goff uh, hurt, a, hurt his wrist or a finger. And he played and only played a half. And then he had to leave with a concussion. Uh, and they put Goff back in. So um, – it, 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 it maybe weighs uh, the importance of the uh, uh, decision to keep three quarterbacks, right? You've got Perkins yeah. who played the full preseason. He's a scrambler. Uh, he's got a decent arm. Um, maybe we'll see more of him than we will Wolford. And then who knows what will happen in the first few weeks. But, but uh, um, I would be very surprised if Stafford doesn't start Thursday night. Yeah. yeah I I agree. They're playing the Bills. They're playing the Bills, and that's one game away from a repeat Super Bowl game. So I think there's zero chance of Stafford sitting out, but right now we'll see, you know. Agreed. Agreed. I think this is a Super Bowl preview in, in, in my yeah. own eyes. I, 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 it would be a coup for the Rams to win this game. Uh, you hate to say an important game week one, but uh, it's huge. It's a great game. I can't wait. It, it's huge for both teams. Yes. It's a great, great matchup because we already saw what Cincinnati and the Rams did in preseason. Of course, it's not the same, but. Um, this is a big game. In Buffalo, God, they got barely beat by Cincinnati. They feel they could have been in the, the big one. So, you know, what was your impression? Yeah. And we'll let you go to the Rams game, and then we'll go back to Don. What was your impression of the Rams in the preseason? Because I know you went and saw them a couple of times, and especially uh, Perkins, 16. Well, I watched him up close, and he looked good. And uh, you guys had a friend that was signed there as well, so I was interested in him. Um, his arm didn't look great in practice, but he definitely had really good mobility. And the other guy that's ahead of him looked better, and he ran more of the reps in, in, in camp. So Perkins was more the fill-in, and turns out he's third string anyways. But in the game, he really ran the ball well with the team up and down the, up and down the field. He controlled the ball. He scrambled like crazy. And every time when he was being held, he moved the ball downfield. He was not ducking. So um, he's a good athlete. And um, he did pretty good. He's, I thought he did almost a good enough job to jump to second string, but you know I don't know him that well. But he looked he looked very athletic, and I guess he'd been with the team two years on practice squad and all that. He earned his job. So, you know, he's a guy to fill in on plays. You know, behind Stafford, you know, just to run a ball or run a play kind of thing. So I think we'll see more of him this year. He and maybe I don't know if you got some insight from Luis. Uh, Chad, because I know you worked out with Josh Allen. You've worked out with Josh Allen before, and you worked out with Luis Perez, who was the fourth string of the Rams. Did he say anything about uh, how Perkins is picking up the offense? I know him. It's a complicated offense, yet uh, Perez had a hard time 
picking up the offense. And he was like, man, I got it. He told me personally, oh, man, I got to get into that playbook, man. What are your thoughts on that, Chad? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I haven't I actually haven't seen uh, Luis since the. I'm actually going to see him tomorrow morning. We got to work out in the morning, so that'll kind of be the first time I've really seen him since um, he's been released from the Rams. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can ask him tomorrow, but I mean, I'm sure Perkins has got to have a good grasp on that playbook, being two years of the practice squad. I mean, he's been with McVay now. This is going on his third year, so um, you know, I, I would, I mean, you would think, I mean, the familiarity would be there, the, the, the terminology would be the same. The last few years, he hasn't had to adjust, so um, you know, he he should have a pretty. I mean, it, going into a camp with a guy who's been in the same system for two years, there's a guy who's trying to learn the whole system right off the bat. I mean, you obviously have an advantage. Um, you know, it's like in college when you got a guy that's, you know, been there for three years, you know, now it's his time to, you know, be the starter and you're an incoming freshman, you know, you're going to be a, a step behind. So, I mean, I, w- I would anticipate that to be the answer. Yeah, big time. And, and very interesting thing about the Rams. And Jim, thanks for joining us. So we'll let you go to the Yankees game. Fantastic. I appreciate it, guys. Have fun and look forward to talking to you again. Go Angels. All right, yes, sir. Yeah, they're only uh, two to one dogs. Uh, the Yankees are way up favored, but I'm yeah. going anyway. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Right on. Uh, the thought process, because McVeigh, when you look at, you know, when you pick stocks, it's always fundamental analysis versus technical analysis. And technical analysis, no one's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. But that's what they sell on CNBC, Bloomberg. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis, and people have gotten rich taking advantage of market inefficiencies. So the fact that we know so much about the Rams kind of creates an inefficiency in our favor as far as formation goes. So Daddy McVeigh, John McVeigh, won five Super Bowls with the 49ers as a GM, as a president. Here comes Son McVeigh. His dad, his dad and Gruden are friends. Daddy Gruden, not John Gruden. Daddy Gruden with Tampa Bay. That's how the whole Tampa Bay connection comes on. Gruden wins the Super Bowl. McVay comes in. Two out of three years, he gets the Rams to the Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champion. So in college, McVay has a system where with Cooper Cup, it was designed almost we're going to run an air raid scheme where you're going to independently read the defense, quarterback independently reads the defense, and boom, you look for the ball. Same thing with Wofford being the second string quarterback from his college days at Wake Forest, kind of a harbor from the South. He picks Wofford as kind of a design to be his backup, a guy who's mobile, who can run, but more importantly, to Gruden, who always went to the Super Bowl, got to the Super Bowl with Gannon, he loves veteran quarterbacks, won the Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. He can pick up the offense fast, and it's not going to be a big drop-off, whatever happens to Stafford. And based on what we saw in preseason, do you guys think Stafford's going to last the whole season? I don't think so. What do you think, Don? Uh, first of all, I just love your analogy of uh, NFL and professional football with the stock market, the uh, market inefficiencies versus the fundamentals. It's a it's a very good analogy. But uh, but 
um, you know, the, the if I could just back up a bit, getting back to one final thought on on, on Stafford, I, I find it uh, odd that the Rams have said that he hasn't thrown a football one time in in the off season. Right. No, uh, you know, uh, optional uh, exercises or practices. Um, he he hasn't, you know, the OTAs. He's I find that so hard to believe, and yet now here he is practicing, not playing, and he's on the IR with with an arm injury. So maybe, just maybe that arm injury is a little little bit more serious, not major, th- than it is. And that goes in, in, in line with what we're talking about with Perkins and, and Wolford, you know, being the two key backups, which one is going to be more important than the other. I think right now, Perkins is the better backup. Um, I lost my train of thought. Where were you before I interrupted you? No, no, we were, we were on that. We're good? Yeah, okay. We're good. And, and the other part of it is they lost Wentworth on the offensive line. How is it the Rams' death on the offensive line going to be? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we 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 were there at training camp. We saw Stafford under throw some deep balls. Um, you know, he is getting older too. So, I mean, arm strength, I think, is something. I mean, in just the duration of a season. I mean, I, I, I would think he would get through the whole season, but he might miss a couple games. I wouldn't be surprised to see him. You know, ha- get dinged up. Um, that's a fascinating that Don, what well, you were saying, Don, that he, he doesn't do any offseason throwing. He just waits till training camp to start throwing. That's that. Yeah. That's what McVeigh said. And uh, it, they were just concerned that uh, I think the word tendonitis might've been used at one point. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure that was tendonitis, but uh, they just wanted to rest his arm the entire offseason. You got to throw now. And then, yeah. Right? Something. I mean, at least light, you know, may, maybe you don't rip it a hundred percent, but you know, you're, you know, 50, 60, 70% velocity, just, you know, moving out of some type of capacity, but nothing is soft. Talks. I mean, right. I mean, they always say, right. You're either progressing or you're regressing. You can't, it's not possible to stay the same. So. So he can't get it in there. So I think, but they still made it to the Super Bowl last year with under the same conditions. Yeah. But we, but we, the ball and you don't think about it, uh, Chad. How many times in a game does a quarterback really have to go in, just fired up and gun it in there? Yeah, I mean, they're not – I mean, quarterbacks aren't really throwing the ball as hard as they can. Quarterback is, you know, the ultimate battle of finesse, you know, and they're not – you know, they're not pitchers up there trying to burn fastballs every time. They're trying to throw balls with touch and accuracy and loft and, um, you know, but, you know, we saw last year, you know, that this – Stafford couldn't get the ball to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was too fast for Stafford. And they saw that early in the season. They said, we got to move on from Deshaun Jackson. It had nothing to do with Deshaun Jackson. It had to do with right. the, the dude, you're outrunning the guy's arm. And it's just, it's a, you know, it's, it, he's wide open for touchdowns. I'm watching multiple weeks and, you know, they can't get him the dang ball. And, you know, the Stafford didn't have that, that kind of zip on there. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's something, but, yeah, I mean, guys can get away. With, I mean, look at Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees at the end of his career was throwing the ball 50 yards, but he got the ball out with right timing. The deep ball, you can make up for the lack of arm strength with timing, getting the ball out, when you're and, and you know, understanding that concept of the anticipation of where the guy is going to be and throwing it early and throwing it to where he's going to be, um, you know, which Stafford has a great concept of. So, you can get – I mean, guys have done it. Brees has done it. We've seen guys, you know, lose arm strength towards the end of their career and still get three, four, five good, solid, you know, productive seasons. So, um, definitely think he's still got that in him. But, but I mean, the arm strength uh, going down is definitely something to keep an eye on the rest of his career and something to watch throughout the season. And how's the depth on the offensive line, John? Um, good question. Um, we all know about Whitworth. Uh, finally hung up the, uh, the cleats. 
um, and they moved uh, uh, the uh, the back, not the backup, but they're. Uh, I'm looking now for my notes, but uh, uh, Joe Note Noteboom from the right side of the line to the left, which is always a concern to me because when you're an offensive lineman, you typically play a certain position your entire career, high school, college, and pros. Then when you just flip it from right tackle to left tackle, it's, it's a huge difference. So he's listed as a starting left tackle in place of Whitworth. Um, solid guy. Um, and, and the Rams are beefy up front, although their running game last year really wasn't what you would call stellar. Um, uh, the passing game was more than adequate, um, but their, their run blocking, um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, uh, maybe uh, there's some room for some you know, concern there. Um, and I'd like to see some improvement, but uh, they have another young kid, Coleman Shelton, who is starting at right guard. I think he's a second or third year guy. Um, and uh, so they're young on one side, veteran on the other, um, a couple of new positions. So uh, it remains to be seen. Right. And then you got Raheem Morris, who's probably the smartest coach in the NFL. I always thought that and then heard uh, Tomlin talk about it. His problem is, you know, he's bad with relationships. But the Rams replaced the linebacker, Floyd. Eric Donald looks good this year. I think they have pretty good depth on that defensive line. How's the Rams' defense shaping up, Don? Well, um, they lost uh, 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 Joseph uh, Day to the Chargers of all teams, so he didn't have to move very far. Right. Um, and uh, another addition that they uh, – you know, they added was Bobby Wagner, of course. So um, he might be a little long in the tooth. I don't know that he's going to refresh, uh, you know, the, the, the backers there. But um, uh, as, as it was last year, you got Troy Hill on one corner and you got Jalen Ramsey on the other. Jalen Ramsey, as we said earlier, is on the IR. So hopefully he won't have an nagging injury. I love the way Jalen Ramsey plays football. Um, some people don't because he's cocky and arrogant, mouthy. Right. Uh, I love that. I, I mean, not that he's mouthy and arrogant. I just love the fact that he takes a challenge and takes risk. He will dive to get an interception and maybe occasionally we'll get burned for a TD. Um, hopefully you have a safety. We have uh, uh, some good young players back there that will pick up the slack. But um, you, when you got two corners, uh, at least one like Jalen Ramsey, I love it. And the Rams secondary is, I don't think, any worse than he were last year. And that, for me, that was a benefit of going to training camp that second day. I was there with Chad. Right in front of Chad and I, 16, Perkins threw an interception. Jalen Ramsey made a great play. He made a huge leaping play. He was right on him. And then you could see the athlete close. And even though he doesn't have the size I thought he would have, he looks different. And the, he, it's, there's a lot of guys who can jump high, but it's different when somebody has a quick jump. He had a nice quick jump. He has nice length. And it was pretty interesting to see that level of athlete that close. What are your thoughts on the Rams defense? What we saw, we saw them pretty much shut down the Rams offense, but it was being run by Perkins and Wofford. And we saw Stafford was in only for one series. What are your yeah, I mean, is that a question for me or for Chad? Either or. Um, Chad, I'll let you go ahead. Um, yeah, well, I mean, man, Jalen Ramsey he looked really good at camp. The practices I saw, he is a great athlete. Um, I love his physicality too. I mean, I think that's a big, you know, a big 
you know, aspect of being DB2 is how versatile you can be. You know, can you like, can you be a linebacker? Can I, can you play in the nickel in the slot? You know, can you go back at safety and play like Jalen Ramsey's that type of guy, right? He's a guy you can stick anywhere in the field. He can go play in the nickel. He can blitz off the edge on a, on a, you know, corner blitz. He, he can go, you know, go play a weak side back or come up and, and, and tackle a running back in the hole. He's just a versatile player. And the more guys you have like that in your defense, the more complete guys, you know, you need those complete, you need guys that can go pop in the box and go stick some shit and go, play coverage on the best receiver on the other team and go get him, go get himself a sack. Um, you know, he's just a versatile player. And, and Chad, those type as, of- as, as a coach, do you have any concerns about Jalen Ramsey being too aggressive and therefore potentially getting hurt? No, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I just always say, you know, man, we, we People obviously football is a violent sport and, and stuff goes down, but you know, it's just like, it's like everyday life, you know, man, you know, people die in car accidents every year. We all get in our car every day, you know, all three of us, you know, and it's just like, right. you know, there is that possibility that he could be in a physical guy, but you know, I just think even everyday humans have that possibility walking down the street. So, um, you know, not, doesn't worry me in, in that sense. I think, you know, you just got to kind of take it as, as it comes, you know, we all, we all, you know, you know, stuff could happen to any of us at any time, you know, he is a physical type player. So, um, and you might have to worry about that a little, but I, I, th- I think he should, I, I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, his, phys- he's, he's a, I mean, he looks ready to go. I mean, that, that type of stuff too, is all about preparation. You know, the, the whole reason for the off season, the whole reason you prepare your body, you do three, four months of these training camps is c- to endure a long season. You need that armor. You need that, you know, that training, that work to endure the season. Cause man, it is a long grueling season and bodies break down. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, that guys who are aggressive, that's just the name of the game. They're more susceptible to double moves. And the reason is because they just, you know, that's how I attack a guy. That's a, a good cover guy that's locking stuff down. You attack him with double moves because, you you know, he's going to drive stuff. You know, he's going to be, um, you know, so I don't obviously as, as a opponent, you're going to attack him that way. Um, you know, like a Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys, kind of similar, man. He, right, he had a lot of picks last year, but he also got beat for more touchdowns than, within, than any corner. You know, Jalen Ramsey, I, 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 I don't mind the aggressiveness. Every DB is going to get beat. You know, DB is the position where it doesn't matter how good you are, you're giving up touchdowns, and you got to have a short memory. Um, you got to keep that swag, keep that confidence, that arrogance that Jalen has, no matter what. No matter if you get burned for two touchdowns that game, you know what? You got to make a play on this third ball in the air right now because this is, you know, this is the game. You know, you got to. So I, 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 I uh, mentality wise, physicality wise. Um, you know, I think Jalen Ramsey is, is one of the best corners in the game. And he loves to compete. He's not a guy that's, you know, he, you know, I've, I've seen a Marcus Peters, you know, with a fly sweep, a toss sweep coming down, you know, his way. Oh, he makes that business decision and, and gets out of that way. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a cover guy. I'm a cover guy. You know, I don't, Jalen Ramsey's not doing that stuff. And, you know, I, I really like that about him. I like that physicality that, you know, he's going to, you know, you got a running play coming to his way. He's going to stick his nose in there like a linebacker. He's not going to olay it like, you know, some, some some other corners doing the league. So, right Chad, on. with the great observations there, breaking it down, big time. Love he's it. a player. Runs a four. God, four. Was... <laughs> he's worked out with all of them: uh, Jamar Chase, Burrow, Josh Allen. Now, so before we move on to our next teams, and uh, Adrian Rob sent me a note that he's going to be on it in a little bit. Don, do you think the Rams can win eleven games this year? That's the over under ten and a half. 11 games. You know, I thought you might ask me that specifically. Um, and, and, and I thought you were going to ask me 11 games. Uh, yes, 
Yes, and um, I was talking with somebody yesterday um, and about how difficult it is in the uh, NFL to repeat a Super Bowl right. chance, for that matter, in any sport, um, but, but in football more so. But uh, they lost a few players. They've gained a couple to, to fill the void. So, um, God, they seem to have the right owner. They seem to have the right, right. GM. They seem to have, the, the I think, one of the best coaches. Um, yeah, players love to play for them. They got a great facility, a great city to play in. Uh, to win 11 games, I don't think is out of the question for them. I don't want to say it's going to be easy, but with the 17-game schedule, 11 and 6, I don't think is out of the question. 11 and 6, yeah, it can happen. It can happen. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I lean to the over. Uh, I lean over 10 and a half here. I think, uh, you know, the Rams um, very got a very talented team, man. They got a great coach. Um, and they got, I mean, Aaron Donald, arguably the greatest force in the game right now. Um, you know, can can single-handedly go get through two, three sacks in a row and, and change the momentum of a game. I I think they, you know, they they are a uh, – I mean, they, they got to be the favorites to uh, to win the NFC West, and I think that puts them, you know, over 10 and a half at, at at least 11 wins. I see them winning about 11 to 12 games this year. Agreed. All right, so you guys both agree the Rams over 10 and a half. Uh, the one note I'll make, right, because, you know, thinking about it, listening to you guys, you got Darnold putting pressure when they need a stop, right? You got Darnold giving pressure. You have Jalen Ramsey basically taking – uh, the opponent's best receiver out of that play. And then on November the 6th, and I don't know if Don remembers five years, it's still true. We hit 80% second half lines in the state of Florida. So on November the 6th, the Rams go to Tampa Bay. <laughs> and the problem is that even if it's November 6th, it's going to be 85 degrees, 90 degrees, 90% humidity. They're in pads and helmet coming from Southern California. In the camp I saw, I saw, I've seen the years with the Bay. It's not a hard camp because he has veterans. It's for the long haul. So they're going to pick Tampa Bay in the second half line November the 6th, based on what we know now. All right. So that's the Rams, 10 and a half over. And even though the Rams won that playoff game, we won the second half line. And Tampa Bay furiously came back in the second half. All right, those are the Rams. Man, we gave you more information uh, than I've heard anywhere about the Rams, but it's relevant information for the highest and best use of our time, monetizing the game. Well, you're free to go, Don, but you can hear if you want. You can stay on as we go through the rest of the NFC. Let me just say uh, I'm flattered that you asked me to be on, and I would love to be on again at some point. Uh, The pleasure was all mine, so thank you for that. And I want to hang out with Chad. That guy knows football, man. We can break some bread over lunch and have a couple drinks. (laughs) I want to listen to that guy talk. I could just sit there and listen for an hour. Oh, no, he's tremendous. All right, you guys be good. We'll see you soon, okay? I appreciate that, Don. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. All right. right. The great Don Vince. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, so the next team where Andrew Rob comes on is we're going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the season is going to ride on Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts read defenses? To me, he's like Lamar Jackson. He's a thrower, not a passer. Uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy, and I think Jalen Hurts might have won the Heisman Trophy. 
but he was throwing to wide open receivers. And the NFL is a lot different. To, to this point, Jalen Hurts hasn't proven he can read defenses. Uh, Howie Roseman, part of that structure of that team, I think he has too much control over the team. They were like 9-8 last year. The season total is nine and a half. I don't see really any value on that. And really for the Eagles to take the next step, Jalen Hearns has to prove that he can pass it instead of just throwing it all the time. And he can consistently read defenses and get his team into the right play. What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I agree with you on not much value there and, and nine and a half. Uh, you know, I, I could see them getting up there. I mean, they're, they play in the most wide open division in football, right? I mean, right. who knows? I, I could see them winning that division and winning 10, 11 games and winning that division. Um, you know, but yeah, just with Jalen Hurts, like you're saying, there's just a consistency thing here that I, I can't trust them to win 10 or 11 games. You know, I think they would get there because the rest of the division just can't figure it out. Um, but I mean, man, Jalen Hurts has got a lot to prove this year, like you said, as a, as a passer. Um, you know, I agree there. I love his mentality, man. I, I love the stuff he did in college. I think the kid's a winner. Um, and, and he's he's going to go hard. He's going to give you that effort. He's going he's gonna to go get that two yards with his legs. He's not going to shy away from contact. I love the way he plays the game. You know, and I, 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 I do think I see a high ceiling um, there for him. But I just, you know, we haven't seen him yet. He's not, he, he's not there yet. Um, you know, so I'm, the Eagles, to me, are, are a wild card team. I mean, they, they could very easily win that division and find themselves in the playoffs where it, it's a one-game situation to, to get themselves in, in a deep playoff run. Um, can't count on them to be there. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, um, they're going to be a fun team to watch and see how, how they're, uh, you know, they, they shape up this year. Yes, they're young coaching staff. And they're always coming up with something. So the Eagles, again, you got to do your research, and we'll be here to help you do your research every week. Washington's a disaster. There's always something going on. Their owner, Schneider, I was reading up on him uh, when we did the NFL Corruption podcast. He's basically a criminal. He's one of those guys that bought an NFL team with no money. Uh, in the south of France, everybody wants to go to the south of France. Brady wanted to go down there. There's always something going on with the commander. Uh, he was stealing from other owners, the revenue, the ticket revenue. Uh, the running back gets shot from a corporate governance standpoint. Rivera is the general manager, head of scouting, head coach. And then he gets in fights with Jack Del Rio, lots of defense. They're over under seven and a half. I see that again. I, I'm thinking the, I'm going to take the commander in the under six and a half. I think it's going to be another disastrous year for them because again, uh, Schneider is in trouble. He, he needs to, the money he needs to pay for backups to fill a legitimate practice squad with maybe a few veterans in there. I was listening to uh, uh, the Raiders talking about putting veterans on the practice squad. We got to pay a little bit more money for that. The commanders aren't going to do that. So I see another six win season or below for them. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, I agree. Um, you know, two years ago, they had some life there. You know, they got themselves in the playoffs, uh, had a game against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe. 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they just, they didn't, they, they really went in the wrong direction last year from, from, you know, being in the playoffs two years ago. Um, you know, I, kind of similar with the Eagles is they can kind of be an either way team. I lean with you to the under, I, I, uh, you know, and we, we, we know we have these cheap owners. We know, um, you know, second half lines or especially deeper in the season when stuff starts breaking down, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be, you know, paying for those high level backups and, uh, you know, with the second half lines. And, and I mean, it's, it's a long season, man. And, you know, depth is a huge thing. Um, I mean, look, I mean, it's, I mean, look at Tom Brady, man. He takes 20, he takes a pay cut every year. Instead of getting 35 million, he takes 20 million. So he, he, they, he gives the team 15 more million for depth and it's paid off for him time and time again. Um, you know, so it's just going to be tough for, for Washington with, with what they got. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty with that team. Um, and just, you know, you know, and, and exactly. Something going on, right? So the running back is shot. The owner's under investigation. Ron Rivera has a heart attack. It's, it's one of, you know, those people that always have problems or something always going on. That's how they are as a team. Yeah, dysfunctional and just, yeah. And, I mean, just so much stuff's come out about that organization. You know, I mean, between RG3's book and his lawsuit, you know, Sua Cravens coming out saying the same th- stuff, you know, right. RG3 saying they've mistreated um, players time and time again and, and misdiagnosed their medical stuff and tried to make them play on injuries. And, um, you know, just that, you know, the, the atmosphere, the culture, you know, in that building, it's still the same owner, man. It's still the same, you know, the right. still same people at the top with all that scandalous shit that's happened over the last decade. So um, it's just, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that, uh, that organization has kind of just been in turmoil. And uh, I mean, this is probably going to continue that way for, for a little more while. Them and the giants I see having very rough years. Big time, big time. Uh, yeah. Same thing for the giants, giants, Brian Deval plus one. Tyron Taylor, I think he's hurt. I think he was going to be the starter or at least jump in fast. Uh, Daniel Jones doesn't fit into that deep ball offense. Deep ball wants a quarterback to do some running. Uh, I didn't see a lot of talent on the team when I saw him in preseason and you go through them. Uh, the ownership cares more about Rooney Mara's acting career than they care about the team. You know, I think you pretty much said the Giants. The Giants uh, under 6.5, and then that leaves the Cowboys. The Cowboys are always over bet 10 and a half. I see them as a middling team. Again, I see them as a problem. Jerry Jones is the owner, vice president, general manager, and he has meetings with the head coach every week to kind of meddle with the head coach part of it. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, Carol Guy. Uh, I want to call him McIntyre, but I know it's with an M. He won a Super Bowl 12 years ago. McCarthy or whatever his name is. <laughs> Fat guy. Uh, I think if Dallas is going to be Dallas, I'm going to lean towards under 10.5. I think they might win 10 games, make the playoffs and lose, but not necessarily like a Super Bowl team. So I like the under 10.5 with the Cowboys. What do you think, Chad? Any thoughts about the Cowboys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I lean under here too. Um, yeah, I mean – the Cowboys are just a notorious, you know, inflated line B 
because of their, uh, you know, because of their fan base and because of all the, you know, they, all the money and supporters they have, they just tend to be inflated here. I mean, I know they're favored to win this, uh, this division here, but I, I just, I, you know, Dak Prescott's been in the league for a long time now, you know, he's, we've seen a lot of Dak, you know, Zeke kind of had a down year last year, Um, you know, expecting these guys to kind of, you know, have these crazy seasons that, you know, the best seasons they've ever had and come back and just and replicate it. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I see them going about nine, 10 wins. I, you know, they just, they're, they're going to tease the, those, those Cowboy fans all year long, um, be right on the cusp of making the playoffs and probably, you know, choke it at the end. Right. Uh, you know, the, but I mean, or, you know, they could get in with a, with a nine, 10 win. Not, I mean, nine or 10 wins might win that division. Um, right. that's, all, that's all I mean they might only need that to win that division so get them in the you know get get them in the playoffs and uh so yeah, yeah they're I mean, all gonna split with each other and the Giants will get a one win in there it's like a luck one because they showed up yeah all right from there we're gonna go on to the NFC North and we'll leave uh the lines out because uh Andrew Ron might chime in uh Chicago Bears they just picked up Leatherwood from the Raiders. I think that's good for them because their offensive line is hurting. But I think the problem is that Elberhus, their head coach, who comes from a good line of coaches, Pinkle at Missouri, who got them to the SEC title game uh, in the SEC with inferior talent. Don James, great coach. But he's a defensive guy meddling with the offense. Uh, and he's meddling with the offensive line. He's focusing on getting the offensive line good. He's never been an offensive line coach. He's a good defensive coordinator. The Lions are up, uh, the Bears are up for sale. They want to build a stadium. They do not want to pay for backups. So six wins, maybe seven, but that's your gambling. You're not really making a business decision there. Kind of a wild card. You kind of stay away, but I wouldn't expect too much from the Bears. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, what what's their one total at? Uh, six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. I mean, not no value there. I agree. I lean to the under. Um, I just I, I'm not sold on Justin Fields right now as an NFL quarterback. Um, I mean, great athlete. I mean, physical specimen. Um, but I mean, I just I'm. He's got to show me more this year. Um, that decision making, that processing has got to be quicker. That NFL game is fast. Um, so I mean, I'm really eyes are on him for me. I mean, he he's only he's gonna this team only goes as far as Justin Fields can take them. So and again, Justin Fields reminds me of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. He threw wide open receivers in college. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I don't think you know, never got to a playoff game. Uh, I think he skipped the bowl game last year. Jalen Hurts got pulled for Tua in the playoff game, and he, Jalen Hurts got beat by Deshaun Watson in the national title game. And Justin Fields got beat <clears throat> by Alabama in the title game. It wasn't even close. Yeah, I, I do think Jalen. I do think Jalen Hurts and, and Lamar Jackson are more proved passers in the NFL. They've proven more than Justin Fields has at this point. So. Um, no, he's he's below those two guys. Now I don't want to play off Lamar Jackson. I made money, right? Because I knew McDermott was going to wait for him to make a mistake, and he did. 
because he yeah. didn't read a defensive right and he picked pick six the other way. And we bet on that. One thing is to talk about it after the fact. We talked about it before the fact, and we bet on it. We bet on Lamar Jackson not being able to read defenses in a playoff game. He throws the pick six. Yeah, and I catch those tickets. Justin Fields, again, he needs to prove himself. And he's going to have a bad offensive line, so that's not going to help. Then you got the overrated Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, interesting to think what you think about this, Chad. Uh, LaFleur and then uh, Minnesota at 9.5. They all run the same offense. They run that McVay offense. The West Coast, Samaray. They all run, they all come from the same coaching tree. Uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell, now with Minnesota. Flirts in the same division. McVeigh, Zach Taylor, and Cincinnati. All keep a chain of hand in San Francisco. All under that green tree, all, all under the Andy Reed tree. Eventually, defenses are going to catch up. Defensive coordinators are going to talk to each other. And teams that have less resources, like Green Bay's a small city, the city owns a club, they're going to start running into some problems. So even though, the, you know, Joe Barry, decent coordinator, is going to help him out, getting Joe Barry under the green tree, Raheem Morstead guy, I think 11 might be too many, too many. I think maybe 10 wins gets into the playoffs, 10 and 7. But to put money on 11, I wouldn't do it with Green Bay. In Minnesota, is nine and a half cheap franchise. I can see them getting up to, I think they're going to go eight, nine, nine, and eight. Maybe 10 will cash a ticket with Minnesota. So what do you think about Green Bay and Minnesota, Chad? And I lean Green Bay over 11. Um, I just think that division is so weak. Like they got five wins at least, maybe six wins in the division. I mean, they're going to beat the Bears twice and the Lions twice, and maybe they split with Minnesota. I mean, they they, they guarantee got five five wins there. Um, I I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of going to be on a – I mean, this – I think him and Devontae Adams are both on these missions to prove that they play without the other one. Um, there's just a lot of talk. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in the media. He's shown us throughout his career. He's listening to what's going on. He always is making comments and smirky comments about shit like this and stuff people are saying. So, I, you know, he's listening to people talk about that. And I think he is on a mission to prove that he can win without Devontae Adams. And I think that puts the Packers at about 12, 13 wins this year. Um, and they're playing in the one of the worst divisions. And right. then um, – so with those things, I mean, I'm not saying there's a ton of value there. 11 is a pretty big number. But, I mean, if you can shop around and get yourself a 10 and a half, um, anything – I mean, you push at 11, you know, that's not a bad number. I think they get to 11 wins here. I I, I would be very surprised if they go under 11. Um, you know, they might hit it right on, but I could see them going 12, 13 wins this year um, just, just with everything they got going on. I think they – They've got some good key pieces. I do think they, you know, they they are, you know, they're a great, great ownership, great, great historical franchise, great winning tradition there. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers is, you know, one of the best in the game. Um, just great release, quick release, put the puts the ball in the money. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm gonna put my money on Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll get this team over 11 wins. At Tampa Bay, man, they never won well at Tampa Bay in that second half line especially coming from the Midwest, not a lot of depth. You got to look at Tampa Bay second half line. 
They play New England uh, at Buffalo. Tennessee's in there. At Miami late in the season. Got to look at that second half line. Can Detroit beat him once? We'll ask Adrian Rob, whether we have him on or we'll talk to him later. If he's not on, we'll do Detroit last. If he doesn't come on, uh, I, I think you have to shop around because that's an iffy proposition. All right. From there, we'll go to the Dirty South. Atlanta, five wins. I think they can get over five wins. All right. Yeah, I think we have the greatness of Scott Coves coming on with us. All right, there he is, giving us regional diversity. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Captain Ketchup, Scott, we have the great Don Benson giving us great Rams information. And we have a former kicker in the NFL, Jim Powers, as well. And, and man, now we, Chad and I are disagreeing. Now you can break the tie. Already? Already. Right? First, kind of think a week we disagreeing by the NFL. He likes the Packers chopping around over 10 and a half, 11. I think it's going to go under because looking at their schedule, I maybe I've been watching hard knocks. They say you, know, you watch hard knocks and you overvalue the Lions, but I think maybe the Lions can split with Green Bay. Minnesota can maybe beat them once, so it won't it won't be such a cakewalk through the division at Tampa Bay. It's second, I'm already betting the second half line at Tampa yeah. Bay coming from the Midwest. New England can beat them on the road uh, at Buffalo. Can the Lions beat them once? We talked about that. Tennessee can beat them uh, at Philadelphia, at Miami late in the season. So what are your thoughts, Scott? Thanks for joining us. Regional diversity from the Northeast. I'm going to I'm gonna go slightly under. I, I think this year, more so than ever, I think the loss of Devontae Adams and that schedule that they have, they right. got some teams on. Detroit has improved for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Minnesota could beat them twice this year. They might not. They might. They, um, they got to go to Miami. They're going to Miami this year, right? They're going to Miami late yep. in the season. That's going to be a tough game for them. Right. Um, you know, as Philadelphia, as I said, is a tough game. They, they got some potholes all over the schedule. I, I, my personal opinion is this. If Alan Lazard – does not have a good year. I'm not talking about Devontae Adams year. I'm talking about a good year. Right. They could be in some trouble because Rogers' history is do I don't lean on the rookie wide receivers. And Dobbs and Watson are rookie receivers. And the other guy is Sammy Watkins. And he right. gets hurt all the time. He'll have a great week one and everybody'd be like, oh, you know, Sammy Watkins is back. And then he disappears. And then he gets hurt, and then he's done for the year. So that's been his track record. Um, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to have to carry this team, uh, you know, to any success they have, I think. Aaron Rodgers got a chip on his shoulder. Yes, Devontae Adams didn't make me. I made Devontae Adams. Um, but I just see Green Bay as a 9 or a 10 win team this year. I don't see them 13 and 4. I don't see them 14 and 3. Their defense much improved, yes. 
So they're going to have to win a lot of games defensively. But I just don't see them over 10 and a half this year. So I like the Monday. Same here. So the verdict is going to be under. And then Minnesota with O'Connell. I think what's going to hit Minnesota, right? Yeah. 9.5. I wouldn't touch. I don't think they're failure either way. Because it's going to be either 9 and 8 or 8 and 5. And I think it's going to catch up with O'Connell that Zach Taylor runs the same offense. McVay runs the same offense. Shanahan comes from that coaching tree. Andy Reid. There's just too many guys everywhere running the same type offense. It's going to go hybrid of the West Coast air raid in a team that doesn't pay for backups. Yeah. Like, you know, I was remarking earlier in the podcast, Chad, uh, I was listening to McDaniels. He's willing to pay veterans to be on the practice spot. If you know from Delachy how important depth is. But Kyle can't do that in Minnesota. The owner's broke, just like the Washington owner is. They're not getting any backups at Minnesota. So I don't see him being able to sustain that type of offense all year long. As McVay, he has resources. What do you think? Minnesota Vikings, Scott. I like them over simply because new coach, new voice, new philosophy. Um, I know, you know, McVay runs the same stuff. Stack Taylor runs the same stuff. But I think that crew was ready for a change. I think they were tired of Mike Zimmer. I think they didn't want to hear his voice anymore. Right. Um, so I'm going to go over. I think they could win the division this year. And if they win the division, they're going over. And I, and I, when I get to Vegas, probably one of my first bets <laughs> is going to be next week. One of my first bets is going to be picking Minnesota to win that division. Because I, I think they're going to win that division. More and more and more I read into them. More and more I look at what they're doing philosophically on offense. I like them a lot. So I'm, I'm going to say they're going to go slightly over the nine and a half. I could see the NFC North being a division where 10 wins wins that division. Yeah. You're going to get some plus money on the Vikings there to win it? I, I It's at plus 175 right now. So I, li- I like that a lot. I, I saw it a couple books. So That's some good uh, juice. Yeah, I, I just think the new voices and the new philosophy is going to allow them to to have success. So I like them a lot. You know, Kyle's a San Diego guy, uh, really upbeat. So he's the difference from Zimmer. I could see that. The yeah. whole opposite of Zimmer. He's coaching high school right now. <laughs> oh, no, he's actually at uh, Historic of Black College. Boom. All right. Hey, guys, I got to hop off. Um, All right. Thank you, Chad. Bye, right, Chad. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you in the morning, Josh, and get some college stuff going. Right up. We get some college. And next week, we start, man, full NFL. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Have a good, ju- good time finishing it up. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Chad. All right. So we've got a great variety in the podcast as we bring in our closer, Scott Cove, now. <laughs> bring in the fastballs. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's your NFC North. Now we're going to the Dirty South. Breaking teams down. Uh, I like Atlanta over five wins just because yeah. they're an NFL team. Yeah. The second year of it. Uh, Cal Pitts is a matchup problem. So Cal Pitts by himself should be able to win two or three games. Uh, getting him the ball, his length, he has the longest length in NFL history. Yep. Arthur Smith in there. Uh, nothing spectacular with them. I did not like their their pick, Ritter, uh, from Cincinnati. I liked him when he played us. USF, he gave us a chance to win. I don't like it with an NFL quarterback. 
we talk about if a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs and win 70% of the time, that's what Marcus Mariota is in the for. Yep. For plus one, and we talk about it, we'll talk about it more during the season, more blockers to tackle plus one. That's why the quarterback, when he runs, has a free lane against man-to-man defense. I like Atlanta over five. What do you think, Scott? Yep. Is is my philosophy, and everybody listened last year. I go whenever everybody goes one way, I go the other way. Everybody's going Atlanta as a train wreck this year. They're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of games. I don't think so. I I just don't think so. I think I think they're gonna surprise some teams. I think they're gonna win six or seven games this coming year. Arthur Smith did, did a great job with them last year with with no talent on offense except Pitts. So I like. Atlanta to go over the total. I'm in full agreement with you. I think seven wins is a definite possibility. I think Marcus Mariota is not going to be as big of a train wreck as people think. I think he's going to be okay. So he took a team to the playoffs, didn't he? With Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. And who was his offensive coordinator then? Arthur uh, Smith. There you go. So they have familiarity together to get the job done, so. We're seeing a lot of that, because I know Matt Canada was Mr. Vinci's coach at college in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they're in Pittsburgh, kind of unseen Mason uh, Rudolph. Right. So I like that. I like that synergy and contra- contrarian thinking. And, and people who are cynical and contrarians are usually the smartest people. Remember yeah, and the thing, the thing is, don't listen. When everybody's saying, oh, they're going to be, don't listen to that. Dig in, do your research, as Josh says. That's one of the top rules of betting. Do right. your research in it. Don't listen to people. And when I do my research, I see the familiarity and the Marcus Mariota. He's getting a second chance to be a starting quarterback. Right. He's not going to pass that up. There's, there's definite reason why you have to believe in him. In terms, of, He went to Atlanta for a reason. He signed there for a reason. So, No, 100%. 100%. And you know, we'll put that in the episode notes. That's what we're doing right now, so don't forget. Top 10 rule of betting and number two rule of betting is always do your research. At the beginning of the podcast, we talked about a fundamental analysis. Any, you know, and Don was talking about that, the analogy between the stock market and the betting market. The same way, same thing. Right. Right. All right. So next thing is the Carolina Panthers. Analytics teams. Uh, last year, uh, I didn't stick to my guns as much as I should have, but analytics teams were 33% against the spread. Mm-hmm. I've been bidding against them uh, for years now. Last year, I did most of the time. I didn't get up to 70% because I thought maybe they would figure it out that analytics did not make the decision for you. You use analytics as a basis to make a decision. Again, uh, Tepper had a $25 billion hedge fund. He doesn't have it anymore because nobody really gets rich with technical analysis. People get rich selling it. He sold it at a high clip. He took $3 billion when he sold the hedge fund because he was losing money. He sells the hedge fund, keeps $3 billion. Paid $2 billion, which seems like a bargain now for Carolina. Kept $1 billion for him and his family. And again, if you think you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. 
He installs himself as owner. He installs himself as president, not general manager. I think he's even trying to coach the team. He's trying to do too many things, and analytics does not work in football to make decisions because there's too many variables. If you watch that college game where out of nowhere, Scott Frost kicks uh, outside kick up by 11. What are you doing? There's just too many variables, too many assistant coaches, too many kickers not getting the signal wrong. Oh, we're supposed to fake it. No, just put it away. There's too many things going on for analytics to be valid or to make decisions. And I was talking to some Cleveland guy, uh, same thing with them. I'm going to have to continue without think being evil to bet against Carolina until yeah. they prove or analytics teams prove they can win. Even when Cleveland went to the playoffs, they did not cover the spread. I, you know, they were 33% against the spread. The team when they went, they went to because it just does not work. And I don't see it working now. The Baker Mayfield, he was on that Cleveland team, analytics team, that was 33% against the spread. Now we see him again here at Carolina. Matt Rule has only had three winning seasons as a head coach. All of them in college, two at Temple, one at Davis. Now he's in the NFL and it's been a disaster so far playing that Penn State zone. Yeah. Six and a half. What do you think, Scott? Six and a half is the win total I'm going under. I, I just, <laughs> I'd be interested to see who you pick next week with Cleveland and Carolina because they're playing <laughs> next week. So um, I think they're going under the win total. I, I don't like Matt Rule as a coach. I don't don't know why. I just don't think he he gets enough out of his talent. Right. And now Baker Mayfield's there, so so they're just trying to plug the hole for now because they were going after the big name quarterback and they didn't get him, so they went after Baker Mayfield. They traded for him. I don't know what Baker Mayfield. I know he was injured last year. I know he was banged up all year long. I don't know what he's going to do in Carolina. It's just too many variables with them. I, I'm right, going to go right. with the under with them. Um, you know, I think they'll they'll win five games. I don't think if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, forget it. It's it's done. They they're not winning more than three games. He's the he's the guy that holds that team together. He's the guy that's got to play 17 games, and he hasn't the last two or three years. So so I like the under with Carolina. I just I just don't don't like who they are. And if they lose to Cleveland Week One, they're going to be Really serious trouble. Really serious trouble. So, um, they're another team. They're another team. And with, with all things being equal, I started betting against quarterbacks with impulsivity issues. Started with uh, James Winston, who raped a girl. Whenever you rape someone, you just you can control your instinct. So what happens is when you know you gotta get out of the pocket, the play breaks down. What do you do, right? Baker Mayfield, uh, Winston, you know. James Winston, we'll get to in a little bit. We throw a lot of picks. Plus, plus, keep in mind, Baker went off on the Cleveland Browns organization before they even got exactly. to Sean Watson. When exactly. it was just talk, and that and that that to me spells a guy that is short-tempered. If the receiver's not in the right place, he's going to get on the receiver's case, and then the receiver's just going to quit on him. Right. One of his receivers doesn't even want to play with him, Robbie Anderson. Right. He, when they traded for him, he, he was like, ah, "I I don't like him." So. You know, it's a disaster waiting to happen in Carolina. So, 
100%. Then with the aforementioned New Orleans Saints, uh, I think their head coach used to coach for Al Davis. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, Sean Payton left under strange circumstances. Really, New Orleans reminds me a lot of the point. Yeah. Which is, uh, we don't get any from Rob, we'll do them last. And then uh, we'll have another short podcast with him, Rob. Uh, because that's what they need to run, run the ball. They want to beat you up, play kind of zone, some blitz. Then James Winston, 95% of people can't change. He said he had changed because he wants to work with Sean Payton. Now Sean Payton is not there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's all for show. I think, you know, the whole thing, salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term. I think humans Winston can only fake it so long before things start going south. Yeah. The over-under is eight. There's, I don't see any value either way on that. What do you think, Scott? Their over-under is eight? Yeah. Under 500. Um... Yeah, I, I can't trust Jameis in the biggest situations possible. The other thing is is you have to remember Michael Thomas has not played football in a year and a half. I'll add Deshaun Watson for Cleveland has not played football in a year and a half. Um, he's been injured this preseason. They do have a solid receiving core. Defensive coaches tend to focus more on the defense and give the coordinator, the offensive coordinator, the offense and leave them alone. The offensive coordinator is, is is good, not great, good. Um, I think it's going to be – yep, I think it's going to be close, but I think they're going to fall just short in their win total. I think that Jameis is going to have some great games, but he's also going to have some three interception games. And Sean Payton is not there to hold him accountable for those three interception games. So, to me, that's just a case of Jameis running amok. And he's going to do something this this football season that you're going to look at. It's going to be a story. You're going to say, huh, I thought he learned better. And he right. did. So I think New Orleans is going to fall just short. I think they're, uh, you know, this Dalvin Kamara thing is going to, is hanging over their head like a black cloud. And I think that could come back to roost if that, if that videotape comes out. Remember that. If that right. videotape comes out, it's supposed to be pretty bad. And if that's the case, that black cloud that's hanging over the head will turn into a thunderstorm. So, and what happened? Did he hit a woman in that, or no? What he did was he was in a nightclub when the Pro Bowl was in Las Vegas, Got it. and he and a couple of his friends beat up a guy and he kicked them outside the nightclub. And there's a video circulating around there someplace that hasn't come out yet, but it's there. Right. And, um, you got to pay very close attention to that. If Kamara gets suspended, that that could be another another toll on the Saints. So, and, and, and I think they, if they if they get to eight wins, it's not because they're good. It's because uh, I think Atlanta probably is going to beat them once. Uh, and they they should be able to beat Carolina twice, and maybe split with Tampa Bay. But then as the year goes on, every other game is going to be a wild card outside of the division. I don't see them doing well outside the division on yeah. the road. That's what you got to look at. That's what you got to look at. You, you know they're going to be Carolina twice probably. You know they'll probably 
at worst, split with Atlanta. So that's three wins right there. Uh, I don't think they beat Tampa Bay either game. Right. So my question is, where outside the division are they getting their wins? Right. At Arizona, looks like a loss. At Pittsburgh, probably a loss. At San Francisco, a loss. Uh, at Philadelphia, probably a loss. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's gambling if you want the over with the Saints at eight. Yes. Or nine. It could go either way. That's one of those, hope it comes down or goes up half a point. Hope it comes down half a win or, or one win before the season starts. Right. But I don't think it will. I, I think it's it's staying at eight going into the season. So I, I would I would not even bet them to go over. I don't I don't like it. Yeah. And then the last team is Tom Brady and Giselle and the rest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be good on defense because uh, Todd Bowles is always good on defense. Even when he had a bad team with the Jets, they were good on defense. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He's going to have complement of receivers. The only doubt that crosses my mind is he doesn't have Gronk, but he has Cameron Brait. Smart guy. He needs a smart guy where they can run their kind of air raid where Brait or for smart receivers, Evans, veterans, Godwin, smart guy from Penn State, they independently read the defense from Brady, and they just run the route and look for the ball. Yeah, you might not have it after Brady because Gronk is in there, uh, but they're in such a weak division, they'll get out of it. And the other other thing is that Todd Bowles, you know, he coached with Andy Reid, he's been there, won the Super Bowl, that zone blitz, but. Uh, when things go south, he hasn't proven he can have a steady hand. Mm-hmm. And that's where basically Tom Brady is going to have to coach the team to keep him on an even keel through a long season. He hasn't done that yet. And he freaked out in the second half against the Rams. And that's the way they lost the game because he freaked out. Yeah. Didn't have a steady hand and putting the right guys. In the secondary, Cooper Cup saw that ran free. It was wide open. Yeah. They had shut Tam- they had shut Tampa Bay, uh, they had shut the Rams down in the second half. Until that play, and it was a mental just got pissed off and didn't get the right people out there. That's gonna be a problem. He cannot he he really needed to hire a defensive coordinator instead of him being himself a defensive coordinator and the head coach at the same time. He hasn't proven he can do that yet. What do you think, Scott? So I was thinking about Tampa Bay today. Um, you know, I was looking at their win total and stuff like that. Can anybody – and hit me on Twitter in the DM. Can anybody remember the last time Tom Brady lost a big regular season game in the NFL? He's lost playoff games. He lost to the Rams last year. Yes. He didn't lose to the Patriots last year. He played Buffalo last year. He beat right. Buffalo. He played Kansas City a couple of years ago. They beat Kansas City. So to me, during the regular season, Brady is as automatic in big game situations as any other quarterback or any other player that's out there. So to me, I'm going over their win total because of the weak division and because of that. And one last point to remember about Brady. This could very well be his last 
season in the NFL. It seems like. It seems like it because he's got a, a, a TV contract. He's got everything everything there set there right. uh, after he retires. What referee oh, yeah. or what commissioner right. is going to allow Tom Brady not to be the number one seed in the NFC and get to the Super Bowl? Right. I don't know who it's going to be. And I don't think anybody has the mental integrity to do that. I think if this is Brady's last season and Roger Goodell knows that the thing the NFL wants to do is put Brady in the Super Bowl and highlight the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is why I'm picking them to go over their win total, to be the NFC champions, and to get to the Super Bowl. Because I think this is his last season. This just He just took two weeks off of training camp. Never does that. Never in his life has done that. Has done that. He's getting his personal affairs in order right. for his post-NFL career. To me, that says that's a guy that's retiring. That's a guy that's going to be successful. And that's a guy that's going to go out on top because he's been the face of the NFL for the last two decades. So to me, Tampa Bay is going over their win total and is reaching the Super Bowl out in the NFC this year. So that's what I think. 100% agree. The only, you know, who, who San Francisco can, you know, maybe out scheme him. The Rams might be able to again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Todd Bowles is the head coach. Harold Goodwin is the assistant head coach, run coordinator. Yep. And Casey Rogers is the run coordinator, defensive line. Then Larry Fort is the pass game coordinator, inside linebackers coach. And he's his own head coach and defensive coordinator. It's just too much, especially yeah. for a guy who can handle it in the second half. Yeah. That's that's the only red flag I see. I totally agree. I totally agree 100%. I get that. There's going to be some times where they're going to have problems this year. No doubt about it. And if, you know, somebody can get them in a shootout in a playoff game. Yes. Like yes. the Rams or Shanahan, or Shanahan, maybe even Dallas, that's the only problem I see. But yep. you said because of the weak division, those games are going to be in Tampa Bay. And it's yep. going to be hot <laughs> in the second half. T- Tampa Bay could very easily get the number one seed in the NFC because of that. Because I don't think, even though I think Green Bay is going to be good, I don't think they're going to be a threat. I think the real big threat for the NFC comes from the Rams with them. And I I think that game will be in Tampa. And the Rams showed that they can win in Tampa in the playoffs. They did last year. So, but for some reason, I just think, as you say, it's going to be a crucial part of the game and the refs are going to call a holding penalty against the Rams or whoever. And Brady's going to make the Super Bowl because of that. And, that, and that's the one thing that, that keeps sticking in my mind when I thought about them today is that the NFL wants him to go out, at least in the Super Bowl. I don't know if he won it, but at least they'll, they want their marquee player in the Super Bowl in his last year. Hey, his he, last had, year. he asked him a car because next year, if you're a ref or whatever, he's going to call you out. Yeah. Your, your game. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's, so that's Tampa Bay. And the last four teams we'll do, we'll do Arizona, 49ers, and the Seahawks. And then we'll do Detroit. And um, we'll get Adrian Ron at some point. We'll get him on to give us more Detroit insight. Okay. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, the over-unders nine. Super Bowls in Glendale, Arizona. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl at home. The Rams won the Super Bowl at home. 
uh, Clingsbury first winning season as a head coach ever was last year, but then they, they were horrible down the stretch and they lose their playoff game. Wasn't even close. They were, you know, they were, they were going down and in the playoffs, they had no chance. Uh, he's horrible with people. People hate him. Yep. People openly hate him. He was getting in fights with Calvin Murray in training camp. They, they try to put in a contract basically insinuating Calvin Murray is lazy and stupid. Yep. He, yep. In public, he got in a fight with DeAndre Hopkins. And for me in business, I've noticed this a lot. Even if you don't like your client that has the most money, you don't get in fights. <laughs> <laughs> you get client with the most money. Just piss, don't piss off the client that you're making the most money from. And pissing off Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, your best player, when you're an A-Ray coach, not good. Over, under is nine. They might get over, but it could be a situation when they start seven and one, eight and one, then lose all the rest of their games. I don't think you want to get caught in. So it's a gambling, not a business decision with a clear edge. And I do like them early, and then late they're going to have problems because the players don't like this guy, and they don't want – him to succeed because you know he's a jerk. What do you think, Scott? Out of all the the thirty two teams in the NFL, this is the one that I think is disaster is waiting to happen. Uh, I think the Kyle Murray slap in the face is going to come back to bite them right. big time. Right. I I think Kingsbury had his first winning season last year. I don't know if they he can duplicate it because of the Kyle Murray slap in the face. Because of the players in the locker room do not have Kingsbury's back. Um, I just see them as a team that is, is a 500 team that's ready to fall off the cliff. Right. And, and I don't think Kyler strikes me as a quarterback that's not in an upper echelon, but is not so bad that you can't trust him. He's just in that middle. And he right. just, he did, you know, Hopkins is gone for six weeks. He got Marquise Brown. He got who he wanted. If Marquise Brown doesn't pan out, this team's going off the cliff. Kingsbury could be fired before the season's over. So I'm going to go under. I think they're going to be an under 500 team this year because of the departures. They easily can go eight nine. Yeah, they're very easily, very easily. They don't have a extremely tough schedule, but they do have a, Sort of tough schedule. Right. They play ball. They play Baltimore. They play the Patriots late in the season. Belichick is Belichick is known as a coach that excels late in the season. Right. So, to me, they have some games in there that's pothole. So they got San Francisco and they got the Rams in their division. I could very easily see them losing those four games. It's, it's not out of their own possibility. So, um, I think they're gonna get the whistle at home because the Super Bowl is there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stadium, but I think that's about it. I think they're going to go seven and one or eight and one at home. I think there's going to be one game they lose. Um, it's the road. And if Kyle ever gets hurt, Kyle is not a good quarterback when he's injured and when he plays injured. So to me, they're, they're, a, they're a team that's on the downslope right now. Everything is, looks going against them. I'm going to pick them slightly under this year. I think they're going to be eight and nine. Every teams, you rush three, drop eight, make them run the football. 
Yeah. Now, when you do that to McVeigh, when you do that to Zach Taylor, when you did that to LaFleur Green Bay and Andy Reid, yep. they're West Coast offense. They know how to get uh, take the tight end yep. and make him do what fullbacks used to do, and they know how to run a West Coast running game at you, and they can beat you that way. Clingsbury hasn't proven that yet. I don't think he even runs that. When he even runs it, it's usually like a trap play or sprint draw, or jet sweep. He doesn't, in between the 20s, he, they don't, they can't just bring in two, three tight ends, put your hand in the dirt, make your tight end act like a fullback, and let's smash it in. And, and, to, your, add that element to, the and to your point, Arizona opens week one with Kansas City. With Kansas City. There you go. This will be a good, what you just said, it'll be a good test to see if Kingsbury can get over that hump. If they lose to Kansas City, there's, there's going to be some losses in there that you're going to be scratching your head as a veteran saying, I bet Arizona. How the heck did that happen? So, and, in, and in between the 20s, well, you'll yeah. see, uh, you know, Kelsey can either put his hand in the dirt and block or go out yep. passing while, you know, Zach Ertz and all them, they're all just pass casters. And the Cardinals can't run it in. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Spagnuolo, yeah. yeah. three-time Super Bowl defensive coordinator for his game of the season at home. They're going to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. No Man. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> they picked that game. Oh, snap. All right. San Francisco 49ers, John Lynch, and Shanahan. Uh, they think they have a good team. I think that's why they kept Garoppolo in there. I think that's a barometer of what they feel they have in the room. Again, what McDaniels was talking about, uh, the Garoppolo move kind of proves that they're willing to pay for veterans to be in the practice squad, to have depth. Somebody gets hurt, they bring a veteran versus a development guy who shouldn't even be in the NFL, that that you're paying a minimum. Or like the Colts, other cheap teams like the Bears, they don't have the full complement of uh, practice squad players. Well, much of playing for. Uh, San Francisco has that. They're going to run the ball a lot. That's what Shanahan wants to do. And I guess I think he has a strategic advantage with all these air raid teams that he's just going to stick with his West Coast offense and run it down your throat. And supposedly he has a sophisticated running game. So even if you scheme for him or get the right defenses for him, he knows how to switch it up to get an advantage for himself. He's, he's, he can almost be like a well, service academy teams in college or the way Harbaugh is being now with Michigan where they just run it at you all day. And a lot of these new players, college players, they've seen the spread in high school and college. They don't know how to react when they see a fullback or two tight ends and it comes smashing at them. So I think that gives them a strategic advantage. Their over-under is 10. Uh, I think they're going to be right at there. They're mm-hmm. going to be right at 10. But looking at it from a point spread perspective, with all things that equal, I would bet the 49ers this year. And I like the 49ers have a lot of unders. What do you think, Scott? Well, Trey Lance scares me. <laughs> scares right. me a lot. Well, can, this is what they have to take advantage of the, running the ball three times a game. Yep. First downs. 
Yep. So there's there's two reasons why I, I think San Francisco is going to be right at that ten. First of all, Kyle Shanahan never gives a game away, never right. gives a season away. Right. So if he feels like Trey Lance is not holding up his end of the bargain, he will not hesitate to go to Garoppolo at right. all, at all. So I like their pieces of their team. I like their running back. I like their Debo. I like Ayuk. I like their receiver. Love Kittle. Kittle's one of the top tight ends in the game. Um, I love their defense. I think Shanahan's defense are usually really good. They cause teams problems with the style of game they play. And I think they're going to, I agree with you, right around 10. I have no feel if they're going to go over or under. I think that number is going to be right there. And I think, as we said last year, this team gets in the playoffs. They are an ultra dangerous team because of Shanahan. Yeah, but I think you will see. Gar- I think you will see Garoppolo this year in a key situation because Shanahan does not like how Trey Lance is running that team. So be be prepared that that's going to happen as a better. And if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of unders that San Francisco plays this year. I think. I think they're going to play. They're going to run. Running defense a lot this year, so very interesting. Uh, the quarterbacks coach Ryan Greasy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So national champ with what Michigan was Michigan. Michigan. Do? How do you Michigan. know Tom Brady's running the Tom Brady office? He brings in three tight ends. Yeah. Yep. So that that spells the under. Yeah. Uh, and the defensive coordinator is really uh, John Lynch. Yes. Whoever they bring in there is kind of hype, kind of like uh, Pete Carroll used to have, like in Norton, wherever he has it now, just have Slay or whatever. Here's, uh, here's what I'm looking for at game one with them. How many times does Kittle go out and run a, a pattern? Right. Is he staying in the block a lot? If he's staying in the block a lot, that gives you a beaming light as to what San Francisco's games are going to look like this year. Right. Low scoring, because Kittle, once he catches the ball, he can run forever. Low scoring, defensive struggles, running the ball. So watch game one really closely. If you don't want to bet it, fine, but watch them really, really closely. Because, as I said, if Kittle's in blocking, they're going to play the under almost all season long. So Anthony Lynn, running backs coach. Oh, God. He still exists. (laughs) Clay QBX. These are all running running coaches. The coaching staff tells you exactly what's going to happen with the games this year. Right. 100%. So the unders and San Francisco. Talking about unders, Seattle Seahawks, six. I, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't change and don't change. Uh, people who live in the past, die in the past. We call that rule. <laughs> we do it. We Pete don't get our stakes from the past. We call it Pete Carroll rule. Scott named that. I think he go over six just because he's been coaching in the NFL so long. He's going to get calls at home. And he does have structural advantages. Uh, he has a plan for every four to five game segment in the season to switch it up. I think that gives him over six, seven wins. I don't think he gets more than eight, nine wins. He might get, if eight and nine gets you into the playoffs, he might make it into the playoffs. But I like I like actually Seattle over six, not because of talent or anything else. It's because of 
Pete Carroll's been coaching in the league for over 30 years, won three national championships, went to two Super Bowls. Sort of like Belichick, they have structural advantages and he has an open checkbook. He's the general manager, vice president, head coach, defensive coordinator, Schneider, basically his secretary, we found out. Because when the owner wanted to talk to who's in charge, Schneider didn't meet with her, it was, it was Carol. And Carol talked her, talked her into another season, blamed everything on uh, Russell Wilson, gets rid of him, gets another year. So especially early, I like Seattle and I like him over six wins. What do you think, Scott? I agree. Everybody's, uh, this is the narrative. Geno Smith's terrible quarterback. Right. He can't lead a team. He can't do this. He can't do that. He's got two stud wide receivers. He's got Rashad Penny in the backfield, who showed at the end of last year he can run the ball. Right. Pete Carroll's not a coach that the game has passed him by. He's stuck in his ways, yes. Yeah. He understands that to win games, you got to play defense. That defense going to be better than last year. They're going to win seven or eight games this year. Everybody's got to win in four games this year. Right. Pete Carroll did not stay for them to win four games. No. They're not going to win four games. They're going to win seven or eight this year. Right. He's that game, that going up to Seattle is one of the decisive home field advantages in the NFL because it's noisy. It's you know the sea level, you know stuff like that. Everything. So. I think Pete Cowles is going to win seven or eight games. Is it going to be pretty? No. Are you going to bet the unders a lot? Yes. You're going to bet the unders a lot. Um, are you going to bet their point unders? If it's 21 or over, yes, you're going to bet the unders. They're going to win games 17-10, 17-14, right. 20-17. Uh, They're going to win those type of games. They don't have a daunting schedule. Their division schedule, yes, it's tough. I get that. But their out of division schedule, not that daunting. They can win a lot of those games. Right. Um, so especially I like them on the over. Yeah, especially at home. But he, they're all, they've always been a good home team. Russell Wilson years when he hasn't played. Geno Smith's not the worst quarterback in the world. He, he's, he's very serviceable. He knows how to run an offense. Right. He's been in Seattle for a, a while. A he knows the system. He knows this. And that's important to me as a better. When I go to the window, I know that. You know, over under is 45. I'm betting the under, but I also know Geno Smith's not a bad quarterback. So I like them over six. Over six. Over yes. six. Yes. Seattle over six. I like that a lot. I'm going to bet it. Yep. The grand on it. Yep. In, in our last team, we talked to Adrian Rob later. We'll get him on for sure. Not going to get away. <laughs> this is Detroit knowledge. I'll be right back, Scott, but let us know your thoughts when they're listening. What are your thoughts on the Detroit Lions? So the Lions did a lot of work in the offseason. First of all, we were on them a lot last year. We were on their point spreads. We were, you know, we took them opening week to cover against San Francisco. They did that. Thanks to Agent Rub. Um, Detroit has brought in DJ Chark, um, Jared Goff's second year in the system. Dan Campbell's a better coach than you think, than people think. You know, they're going to go over their win total. They're going to win seven or eight games this year. Their offense is really good, is going to be better. Once Jameson Williams, their rookie, gets in the mix, they're going to have three wide receivers that they can line up against any three wide receivers in the NFL, in Chalk, St. Brown, Williams. They have a top 10 running back in DeAndre Swift in the NFL. 
he's really, really good in space. If he catches the ball out of the backfield, he's going to run forever. Their defense, Dan Campbell's a defensive-minded coach. They're going to be better. That division has some winnable games in it, i.e. against Green Bay, i.e. against um, Minnesota they can even hang with. Right. And they, they're out of, out of division schedule. Not bad, to say the least. Washington. Yeah. They could start off 2-0 this year. They could start off 2-0, okay? So, I don't know. What's the win total? Six, six and a half? Six that and sounds – Six and a half. I'm going over. I like Detroit this year. I, I just that, think – That number, I got to check it because that number's been bet up because they've been in hard knocks. Yeah, so it's probably seven, seven and a half. But I, I'm still going to say they're going to win eight games this year. I think Dan Campbell's the right guy for that group of uh, guys. I think Jared Goff's an underrated quarterback. I think their receiving core is really good. I think their running back, they got two really good running backs in Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I think their defense is going to come come along very young. So they went through their growing pains last year. We were on them a lot last year, and they, and right. they, they did us well last year. They yeah, did us well. I had a conversation with Adrian Rob. Yep. He gave me like the details of uh, the nuances of last year, but every year is different. They were undervalued in certain situations. Uh, Brad Holmes is good. He's a good GM and he has a good plan. You know, they did a hire the guy that was at USC. Yep. The athletic director, he's there. I just know he was really good with USC. He's a really good hire for them in that front office. So it shows their decision making and they have, they have a yeah. plan. And they have, you know, it really seems like a Parcells, Sean Payton type of plan. And they're building it slowly and they're building it the right way. Exactly. And they're signing guys that are character guys in the locker room, like a DJ Chark, right. you know, like some guys on defense. Jamal Williams, they signed last year, is character guy in the locker room. Um, they're doing it the right way. They're not expecting to win the Super Bowl in the first year Campbell was there. They're building it slowly. Right. So now they're going to take another step in the NFC. Are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think so. But are they going to be a factor in weeks 12, 13, and 14 around Thanksgiving? They think, yeah, they are. They are. And I think Goff is an, is an underrated quarterback in the NFL. I think he's going to be pretty good in that offense this year. And I think that's the most important thing to a team. Can a quarterback take a team? And look at what they did at the end of last year. They beat Minnesota. They beat some teams they weren't supposed to beat. So, you know, I, I like I like them a lot. I think we're going to be on them a lot this year again. Well, the, the thing about golf is that uh, McVeigh wanted him to do too much, right? He wants him yeah. to do what Stafford does, yep. uh, you know, read you know, a lot of details about the defense on every snap. This is going to be They only want him to pass it 20 to 25 times, ideally, hit the deep ball, deep ball if they're putting too many guys in the box, be able to hit that that deep ball. But they want to run the ball with Swift. They want to be a running, physical football team. They don't want to score too fast. Give Aaron Glenn time to rest his defense, come back to yep. the zone. Yep. and wait for the other teams to make mistakes. Yep. The only, uh, you know, talent, besides talent and backups, I think backup-wise, and we'll get with Adrian Rob 
what do you think about this? Backup wise, I think they're gonna have to be creative because I don't know if they have the money, right? To stack the practice squad with veterans, right? It doesn't really seem like, it seems like they're developing depth. Uh, and and the, most of the coaches are ex-players, so they know how important depth is. And I think they're working on that from a conditioning standpoint. Yes. In a, you know, in a toughness standpoint. But that only goes so far. And also, uh, there is there comes a point where the young and screaming stops. Even for Parcells, it stopped with the Giants. It only lasted a couple of years in New England, right? It only lasted, didn't really last that long in Dallas. They weren't doing well. It, there's only so much you can go with that style, screaming at people all the time. You're going to have to have like a month where everybody's quiet and everybody's doing their job. So that only goes so far. So that's something I'm going to look at late in the season with Detroit. Yeah, and I, I think the one thing that you, you got to realize is coaches wanted to go there. They, right. they, they wanted to go with Dan Campbell to an atmosphere that they knew right. that wasn't going to be pressure to win right away. And that's really important. And these are good coaches that went right. there because they wanted to and they picked there. I mean, Deuce, take Deuce Staley, for example. He left right. Philadelphia because he wanted to go to Detroit. Right. He asked out of the, the situation in Philly. How we're housing, yeah. Yeah. So to me, that tells me that these guys are invested a thousand percent in getting this program to a winning culture year in, year out. Right. So, and that's really important. And, to me, that's really important. And that's something that, that people don't realize. But look at look at them. They took a little bit of a step forward. This year, they, they're on hard knocks. They're going to take a bigger step. And then next year, they'll be ready to compete for a, a NFC playoff spot in, in a possible deep run. So I like them. I think we're, I think we're going to be on them a lot this year. Right. Now, uh, yeah. And then it's team, they're great at dogs. Yeah, not, not going to be greatest favorites. Yep, but definitely they could be Philadelphia, definitely Washington, at Minnesota. They could be hot. Minnesota breaking in that offense might not. They, 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 you know, Seattle's beatable. Then New England. Could yeah, be they can win the Matt Patricia Bowl. Yeah, at Dallas, but Miami, they could be four and four and two, four and three. <clears throat> at that point, Green Bay. Let's say they split Green Bay. Uh, but that's five. Uh, they split or sweep Chicago. There we go. Seven at New York Giants, beatable eight. Yep, Jacksonville yep. nine, Carolina ten. I think so. Hey, you're probably happy with what we're saying. Their ceiling, I think, is 10 wins, and and they're a long shot to win that division. That right. division is wide open this year, right. Green Bay is not a juggernaut anymore. No, but anyway. okay. Minnesota is not a juggernaut, okay? Detroit, Chicago, forget. The, you know, Chicago's going to win, be a, a low-winning team. Right, Jalen Hurts can't. He, I put Jalen Hurts in the, not Jalen Hurts, but uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. In the same group with him and uh, Lamar Jackson. They're throwers, not passers, and they have yes. not proven they can read defenses consistently. Yeah. Yes. So if you want to, if you want to take a flyer, a long shot bet, right. the Lions to win the division is not totally bad right. to bet. It, it's going to be pl- plus huge money. Right. 
it's going to be plus probably 750, 500, something like that. Right. But they can win that division with a good start. If they get off to a five and two start, they can win that division. I mean, it's not out of their own possibility. So plus 850, not bad. You put like 20 bucks. Yeah, just throw short money. Don't throw a thousand on it. Throw short money. Like I'm going to Pete Carroll over six. Yep. That almost seems like a given. I think the NFL and the refs give them to begin yep. with a win because it's Pete Carroll and the style of play. Yeah, I know we've talked to Agent Rob in the past, but he seems pretty high that Detroit's going to go over that win total. Right. So and we'll get that. Yeah. All right, man. So that's a preview. We got to both of them. Scott, thank you very much. No problem. No problem at all. I'm excited for this. Here we go. <laughs> A week away from the start of the NFL season. This this is going to be good this year. So so. A week away. Next Wednesday, we'll have every side, every total. Yep. Final thoughts, got Anything else? On what do you think overall? This season? I think it's going to be a week. Right now, what I'm seeing, uh, it's going to continue to be strange. And I think all of the teams are the same. Yeah. I see a lot. When they talk a lot about parity, I think now it's even more. Everybody's even running the same offense. Mm-hmm. Pretty much running the same defense. They have to play a lot of zone because it's an extra week to save game, you know, save, save legs. And if you don't have a full practice squad, you're going to even more, you're going to have to protect the defense, run the ball, run clock, not run the play until four seconds left on the clock because you don't have depth. So that's going to make a lot of games even. And yeah. I'm going to be eyeing the under. What do you think, Scott? I think. With the NFC, take Tampa Bay out of it. Right. Okay. And you take the Rams to a degree out of it. I think all these teams you could throw in a hat and pick one out. And it could be just as just as a good a winner as another one that you pick out. Right. So to me, you know, everybody says Atlanta's weak, Seattle's weak. Um, you know, so I don't see it. I really don't. I think because it's so close. Yes. I think Atlanta's going to win their share of games, and I think Seattle's going to win their share of games. So putting the money on the over on both of those is it could be a, is probably a smart way to go. In terms of the NFC, I don't see anybody that's going to win four, only four, three or four games. No. I think they're all going to be six, seven wins somewhere in there. So it's going to make for an exciting season. You know, Very exciting season. Do your research. Yep. And yep. Uh, we'll close with this. We're giving Winston Churchill. Um, I don't know if he told me before during the last podcast. You think we can make a lot of money this year? The way they, yes, <laughs> the way, the way, the way they, because this research, I don't think everybody's going to be money. But I think our system with the research we're doing mm-hmm. and the process we have, which is almost a year-long process, yeah, um, really sets up for us because we know which situation, which team, which coaches, which schemes have a competitive edge. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I think has become better for us is I've started to watch press conferences and read newspaper, you know, read newspapers and stuff like I, that. I, as I know you do as well, read newspaper, read almost all the newspapers. Right. Um, I I just think there's a lot of coaches that are in the same uh, setup on offense and right. defense, and I, I think that benefits us as a podcast and as a betting system. So I, I think, to be honest with you, I'm not saying we're going to go 78% like the playoffs, but I think 70% is definitely attainable. 
definitely. You know, I, I've no done doubt. it before. I've done it before in a, in a season. Yeah, and, and uh, lest we forget. And, th and that, that is always the goal. But I, yeah, I like that a lot. We're going to have some weeks, uh, I told you before, I think some weeks we can go 30 out of 32. Who knows? And lest we forget, there's the third person on this pod in chat that has right. played with, has worked out with a lot of these guys. So that gives us better insight where you don't get it in any other podcast. Go watch any other podcast. You're not going to find what you find here. So Yeah, tomorrow mornings, uh, he told me he's, he's sitting there on the phone. He's going to wake up early, and he's going to go work out with Luis Perez, who had a great season with your New Jersey Generals, the New York Generals, whatever they are, the USSL. Yeah. Then he uh, parlayed that to a job with the Rams for a while. He's going to work out with him, and he was in meetings with who? Stafford, McVay. Yeah. He told yeah. me personally, Luis Perez told me personally, Stafford's a really good guy, really smart, knows the offense. Oh, man, this is a big playbook. It's hard to learn. Man, that teaches us so much. Yeah, it does. Bidding on games and understanding, oh, they're going to keep this in their back pocket because they have a yeah. playbook in this situation. But, you know, they're, oh, they're going to cover. And they monetize it. And the audience monetizes it as well. Be ready for a big year, everybody that listens to this. Just be ready because it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm very I'm very confident in this year that we're, we're gonna we're gonna do really well. So and we're gonna be ready for you when you go to Vegas. Uh, we started college seven and four. I actually pushed one that I thought I lost. So we start college. Uh, the little teams I call the non-major teams seven and four, sixty-six percent, two thousand dollars profit. Yeah, and I'll, I'll have the latest lines for you out, out of Vegas because I'm sure what, what you get is probably going to be very similar to what, what I see. But and um, we're, we're doing research. Chad said, oh, college tomorrow. I already talked about college, so I'm going to have to wake up early tomorrow. I guess it's a light week because it's uh, Labor Day and do my research uh, before Chad's calls, and we'll have it all on Twitter. And then every Friday, have a college podcast. We do fast for a half hour with the college picks. And same thing with college. You want to get to 70%. Yeah. And we always say uh, every pick is free. Don't have to pay Action Sports $300. Please don't. I think we have more information than Action Sports. We have as much information as you can process in your brain. So don't pay people money. We give you every pick, but we teach you how to pick. How to pick. We don't just give you a pitch. We teach you how to pick fish. So you can make your own picks, your own investments, and beat inflation. Right? Our goal this year is that guy who's listening to games on his phone at 7-Eleven. We want him to learn our process so he can be at home with the Red Zone channel with uh, – the season package, right? And watching the two uh, home games, okay. making money at home <laughs> instead of endangering his life at 7 Eleven. All right. So we always close Winston Churchill. It's not philanthropy, not religion, it's business. The more you give, the more you get back. And as Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ES. BC Podcast Network. We had the NN Network. We had a lot of people out today.